it happened with a day to spare. Chris Jones remains a Kansas City Chief after word got out Tuesday that his camp agreed to a four-year deal worth up to $85 million, thus continuing the Chiefs' tremendous offseason. The deadline to get a long-term deal done was Wednesday. Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, July 14th. Happy Bastille Day to our French audience, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The entire A-team is here to talk about the signing. Beat writers Herbie Teope and Sam McDowell and columnists Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian break down the signing, what it means for Jones and the Chiefs. After a break, you'll hear some audio from Jones, sort of a small collection of some of his greatest hits in the locker room. So here we go with Herbie, Sam, Sam, and Vahe. All right, I'm going to read the lead on uh, Herbie's game story here. Chiefs defensive tackle Chris Jones is officially staying put for the long term in Kansas City, the Chiefs and Jones agreed to a four-year deal worth up to $85 million with $60 million in total guarantees, a source confirmed Tuesday with the star. Big news, Herbie. Take us through the contract and, uh, and some of the numbers here, what's guaranteed, and then we'll, then we'll get into it in a big way with, uh, with Sam Mellinger, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and myself. Well, the good news is he's here, obviously. And, and the first off... I have to eat some crow here because if you remember when Mahomes signed his contract last week, I was like, I don't see how in the world they're going to get Chris Jones done. Well, they got him done. I think Brett Veach um, obviously is is a consideration for executive of the year uh, if they have a season. But, you know, I, 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 they, I don't know how they did it, but they got it done. And then Chris Jones now averages roughly $20 million a year, and he is now – the third highest paid interior defensive lineman in the entire league. He trails only Aaron Donald from the Rams, who makes $22.5 million, and DeForest Buckner with the Colts, who uh, makes uh, $21 million. Hey, they got it done with one of the league's elite interior pass rushers, and this is a deal where the Chiefs are set up very well for the future with the half-billion-dollar quarterback, and now they got their stud defensive tackle locked up for the long term well the the stud defensive tackle was going to be under a one-year deal the franchise tag right at 16.1 million correct what's the so what's the difference between what he would have made under the franchise tag and what he's now going to receive well it's it's the difference of four million or 3.9 and and my understanding is you know he didn't take a signing bonus here uh, because you know he he wanted that contract to be spread out between four years, and, and it's, it's a done deal. So how in the world did the Chiefs get this done? I mean, it, you know, they, they've got – you know, they, they just signed Patrick Mahomes to the longest, um, richest contract in, you know, American sports history. Um, they, they, they took care of some other players in the offseason with, with contract extensions. What, what, what sort of – I don't know, financial wizardry, did Brett Veach and the Chiefs manage here? Vahe, I know you're you're writing about Brett Veach, and just, let's just get into what, you know, his, his role in this, and um, which is, you know, everything, really. We know it's we know it's everything, because every time we ask Andy Reid about, you know, a player's availability and contract, it, you know, we tell, we're told to go talk to Brett Veach, you know, so. <laughs> Brett will um, get that to you. Um, right. And, and not only will Brett get that to us in the media, apparently he's going to get it to everybody on the team. I mean, it, it's it's kind of uh, uncanny what they've been able to do, it seems to me. And and there's a lot of different ways to break this down. But um, in just sort of re-researching some things, um, 
our uh, lovely and talented colleague Sam Mellinger has made the point before that that uh, you know it's been 15 years since a team has repeated uh, the Super Bowl and to win the Super Bowl, and uh, it's hard to see a team having a better offseason than this one has had in that pursuit. Let alone a pursuit of maybe you know something bigger and bolder in the years to come. So he's really been uh, at the core of it. Obviously, you have to have some kind of uh, financial backing and commitment from from uh, the, the guy with the purse strings. But but I, I I just am increasingly impressed with Brett and I've already been impressed with him. And I, I, it just seems remarkable. You can do all these things to to make this work. And it obviously requires some imagination and innovation in how these things are structured and everything. Um, I think we could point back to how Patrick's contract, you know, just unfathomable amount of money added to the pot and yet given them the flexibility these couple of years to get things like this done. Yeah. Look, is there any, is there any reason to, there was no reason to believe that even if the chiefs couldn't keep Chris Jones, that they would probably go into next season as the, you know, thought of as the best team in the NFL, certainly, you know, them and the, and the Ravens um, as the top two teams, at least in the AFC. But I don't know, Melly, does this, does this sort of clinch the idea that there, there is, um, you know, th- there is no peer for this, for the Super Bowl champions? Well, I don't want to discount the Ravens. I mean, that they went 14 and two. I know they lost the playoff game, but um, that is a really good team. Um, that is a really, really good team. But I, I don't know how you'd make the argument that the Chiefs aren't the clear favorite. You know, like I, I was thinking about this. Like, there, I, as far as I can see, there, there's four reasons. There's four things that you can come up with that will keep the Chiefs, you know, from from doing what they think they can do in the next season. Uh, injuries, coronavirus, uh, overconfidence, and the Ravens. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, can't do anything about the first two, and and the 31 others are facing the same thing. Um, haven't seen overconfidence yet, um, so it's kind of a leap to assume that. And the last time, did you guys realize this? The last time that the Chiefs lost to the Ravens was not only, they've, they've obviously beaten the Ravens the last two seasons. The last time that they lost to the Ravens, Ravens was 2012, uh, a game which is most, most remembered for Eric Winston's sickening and disgusting rate. So that's, <laughs> that's been a long time. You know, uh, and I, I just I think everybody else in the AFC, everybody else in the NFC, too, um, is looking up at the Chiefs. I haven't both of those, but haven't beaten them in Baltimore, I, th- I don't think. In, or did that? Yeah. In 2015, they did. They yeah. went to Baltimore and won. Yeah. That, that's right. But um, so in Lamar Jackson, 0 and 2 against the Chiefs, that's the um, uh, he's got he's got the great record, except that he's got two, maybe two of his whatever it is, three or four losses as a starting quarterback. Handful of losses, anyway. Hey, uh, yep. can I, can I make one more real quick point sure. about um, <laughs> please uh, about the mm-hmm. uh, the contract and everything? Th- this is part of why that Patrick Mahomes contract was so notable. It wasn't. I mean, it's half billion dollars, so <laughs> unbelievable, right? But um, it left the salary cap in the next two years like virtually unchanged. So that allowed that that at least ensured that if the Chiefs didn't get this done, it wouldn't be Patrick's fault. And I think that was a really important point in it'd be pretty hypocritical for him to say, uh, you know, I want the Chiefs to be able to have the money to sign guys. And then right off the bat, you know, you kind of make that impossible if somebody as important as Chris Jones. So I, th- I thought that was an important part of this as well. 
you know, I, I, it would have been a bad look for Patrick if, uh, if he didn't do that. Yeah, and Sam McDowell, that's every kind of every public utterance of Patrick Mahomes, of the Chiefs, when they, you know, since winning the Super Bowl, you know, has been run it back. You know, that's the hashtag, right? Run it back. And th- this is the ultimate example of, of backing it up. I mean, they signing the two the two most desired players to long-term deals in the last you know week and a half or so and um and and and, and having everybody return from every significant player return from the Super Bowl champion I, I can't imagine anything else and then having a, a, a what what I think is a, is a really good draft we'll, we'll see what happens there but I can't think of anything else the Chiefs could have done to make this a better offseason yeah, I mean for, for the short term at least, you get Patrick Mahomes back and Chris Jones back. You've got, you know, what is it, 20 or 22 starters back. And to, to reiterate what you guys have said, I mean, there's no reason not to think that the Chiefs are going to be the favorites in 2020 if there is a 2020. The long term, I think, looks a little bit different after these two deals we've seen in the last, what is it, eight days now. Because you don't win championships Historically speaking, since 1995, paying players the amounts that they're going to be tied into guys. And um, certainly that's not trying to, to rain on the parade of, of these two deals, but because the next two years, I think the Chiefs are going to look really good in 2020 and 21. And, but beyond that, the numbers start to jump, especially with Patrick Mahomes' contract, because by giving the room to allow for this Chris Jones deal, the, the contract is backloaded. And there's going to be some hiccups that the Chiefs are going to encounter, I think, in the later years in that, that are going to be obstacles that other teams in past seasons have not been able to, to overcome. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Um, but when, when other teams have done this, when they've signed the quarterback to the whatever the percentage of the cap is, large percentage of the cap deal, um, it seemed like that window closed pretty quickly. This one's not going to close quickly. I think that the one, the one concern of, of the um, of the Sam Mellinger four concerns that is uh, uh, that that's most ominous is the coronavirus. You know, that's we we just don't know what this season's going to look like. Kirby, aren't the the rookies are supposed to report next week with in Kansas City and Houston because they play the first game? And I don't I don't know if I see that happening. Yeah, and the other thing to consider here, especially when you when you're talking about COVID, I know we're probably going to get off a little bit off track here, but you know California uh, on Monday basically went back to shutdown, and and you've got three NFL teams that reside there: the Los Angeles Rams, the Los Angeles Chargers, the San Francisco 49ers. And I'm curious how how they're going to be able to hold camp and practice in their indoor facilities when their governor said no no indoor stuff. So the Chiefs are supposed to start their of course, I mean, they're going to be reporting early, to, along with the Texans, um, 22nd and the 25th. 22nd is when rookies report, and then the 25th is when they're projected to start their camp. But the fact that the Chiefs also haven't released a training camp schedule speaks volumes right now. We're a week out, and we don't, we don't know if we're going to be, you know, when we're going to be able to go in there and cover it. Let's, um, let's talk a little bit about what the you know, what, what Chris Jones' career has been. I mean, they just gave a, a – a lot of money for a guy that's made 41 NFL starts. You know, he just completed his fourth season. Um, he has not played. He has not started more than 12 games in any one season. 
He appeared in 13 in the regular season last year. Um, had 15 and a half sta- 15 and a half sacks in in 2018, which was uh, an incredible year. I think he set set the NFL record for consecutive games with at least one sack the, the last 11 games of the regular season. Herbie, you mentioned it earlier, and I just wonder what you guys think is 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 he worth this contract? Is Chris Jones worth the money that the Chiefs are paying him? Without you know without paying him this, they there, there, there could have been more flexibility financially for the Chiefs after next season. But so, are they are they getting? Convince me that this is the this is the right move for the Chiefs. I think when you look at the two, the two players in the interior defensive line who are who currently make more than Chris Jones, you're talking Aaron Donald and Forrest Buckner, and, and you see what they mean to their teams. Obviously, Buckner traded from the San Francisco 49ers to the Colts during the offseason. But you're talking about elite pass rushers from the interior. And when you have those kinds of guys that when you have to account for the guys rushing up the middle and you have to double team them, you're freeing up everyone else around you. And then when Jones is healthy and he's doing his thing, that frees up Frank Clark. That frees up Alex Okafor on the opposite end. Don't forget Okafor and even Emmanuel Ogba were having good seasons last year before they went down with injuries. So when you ask the question, is he worth that? I think yes, because anytime you get a guy who can sack the quarterback as well as Chris Jones does, or even apply pressure, because outside of the sacks, he's had 72 quarterback hits over the last four years. That's a good body of work for a guy that you need in the middle of the team. Yeah, look, he, he even missed a playoff game last year, right? Didn't play against the Texans, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Chiefs, Chiefs did okay in that one. Um, I don't disagree with you. I, I just, um, I guess, playing a little bit of devil's advocate here, I, I not only think he's a he's a force on the field, but we've all seen him in the locker room. He's a force in the locker room. He, he just is. He's got he's got that personality, and uh, uh, you know, teammates gravitate toward him. I, I, I think that this is a. I, I, th- I thought all along that I wanted him back. I, I just wanted him back in that locker room and and leave it to Brett Beach to figure out a way. Is there some intangible quality for bringing – or is that is that part overrated? I think there's something to that. But um, I, I think – I I thought Chris made so many steps last year um, that the way that he handled what could have been and, and would have been for a lot of other guys a really difficult and, you know, sort of conflicting contract situation. He, he not only showed up to training camp on time – um, formed a genuine bond with Frank Clark, the guy that, that got the contract that he wanted and thought that he deserved. And, you know, the, the, he's not the only one, right? And, and one of them just signed for a half a billion dollars. But he is one of the few guys that they don't win the Super Bowl without him and, and how well he played, not just during the regular season, but then uh, in the Super Bowl. This isn't a contract without risk. Um, you know, the way that Patrick Mahomes' contract is, is essentially without risk, uh, the way that it's structured. Um, he's still vulnerable against the run. I think uh, I think it was ESPN's Bill Barnwell had some stats where you know the Chiefs are more effective uh, overall, and particularly against the run um, with Jones off the field compared to on it. I mean that you know he, he is certainly an imperfect player, but the the attention, um, the havoc that that he creates for the other side from the inside, I think is really important. And and, and I remember. Um, I think it was it was in the middle of the season when they had uh, you know the Vikings and the Packers kind of overtook Arrowhead Stadium, 
And, and Chris Jones was the yeah. one that, you know, kind of went off on a rant. And that said a lot to me because I think I don't know what was completely just in Chris Jones's heart just himself. Uh, I'm not saying that he wasn't speaking his mind, but I am saying that he was speaking for a lot of guys in that locker room that didn't feel like they had the juice to say what he said publicly. And there, there were just there was a lot of little moments like that that just kind of showed me uh, you know, sort of what he's meaning to this team. I love that point, Sam. And just to quick amplify it or, or double down on it, um, I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, boy, he, he may not know what he's messing with here, saying that kind of thing. And and I, I think I had that totally wrong. I, I think it was indicative of both uh, the, the power behind him in that room, but also um, the, the place he's come to occupy among Chiefs fans, that yeah. that he, he was able to do that. And I, that is an intangible thing, and, and if he weren't a you know, a dynamic player that, that can can do really pretty spectacular things at times. Uh, it, it probably would have fallen flat and maybe would have circled back on him. But uh, I think it, it actually was a great thing for you to remember because I think it really does speak to his place. Boy, I agree. It was I think it was particularly after the Minnesota game, uh, which was the second of those two. And I think there were more Vikings fans than Packers fans the previous week. And they were loud, remember, with their their mm-hmm. skull chants. And, and I, I think that's when Chris said what he did. And I, I remember having the you know, they'd won the game and it was, you know, Matt Moore got the, you know, got the win as the starting quarterback. It was a good moment. And I just remember thinking, um, boy, that's, you know, Chris Jones against Chiefs kingdom here he he wasn't you know he wasn't criticizing minnesota fans for being loud he was kind of jumping on chiefs fans for selling their tickets as i recall the narrative of that yeah that moment Blair, just just to add one more point to this whole chris jones thing um and also so the only thing i say on this podcast isn't negative um (laughs) (laughs) okay everybody clear the room (laughs) sam go Um, ahead the Chris Jones story is a really good story. I mean, we, we, we're talking about what it means for the Chiefs and what it means, um, you know, for Patrick Mahomes to, to clear the room for, for this to happen. But Chris Jones in high school, you know, he was suspended his first five games of his junior season. His previous high school had won him to play offensive line. That They were mad when he went to a new high school, so they took it up at the state and he couldn't play for five games. And the coach there thought, you know, in Houston, Mississippi, that a lot of kids might quit. They might just give up on it. And, and Chris wanted to play football. He, he didn't – only had one pair of cleats was the way I remember the story. And um, the, the, they, they couldn't get him to even use a new pair of cleats because he was so attached to him. was the only pair of cleats he'd ever had. Uh, just balls out his junior, junior year. He still is overlooked. He's still only a three-star recruit. Balls out again his senior year. Gets a scholarship from Mississippi State. Uh, here's coming into the draft that he's, he's lazy. He, he's, he's not going to have the work ethic to make it in the NFL. So he falls the early second round, and the Chiefs pounce on him, of course, there. And, and now look at him. I mean, the guy's getting $60 million guaranteed over an $80 million contract. And so I, I just think that the point needs to be made that Chris Jones didn't have the easiest childhood. He didn't have the easiest route here. And, and just look at look at what he's at now. Yeah, you wrote a terrific story about that visiting his dad in in, uh, in Houston, Mississippi. We'll link to that in in the story notes. Um, gosh, there were some couple other points I wanted to make about about Chris, um, but while I'm thinking of those, just keep in mind that not only did the Chiefs sign uh, Mahomes and Jones, but they've also made off season deals with uh, Mike Pinnell, Rashard Breeland, Demarcus Robinson. 
Um, you know, th- these were guys that we thought, you know, I don't, we didn't know. We didn't know. Demarcus Robinson was a wide receiver we thought could have gotten the Super Bowl bump um, and, and, uh, and signed for more. I don't, I don't know what the market was like for him, but, but he's back to, uh, you know, all, the, all these guys are back. So, you know, not just the starting, tw- the, you know, 20 of the 22 starters, but some depth guys as well. I, we'll have to take a look and see what the, you know, what the 44 looks like. But this is a, you know, there is a ton of talent returning on a, on a team that, that won the Super Bowl in, in pretty dramatic fashion. And um, I, I don't know. I, 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 if, you're, if you're a Chiefs fan, I'm not sure how, you know, how you feel any other way than um, pretty excited about this, about the way, the, the, the progress of this team, where it's headed and, um, and, and, uh, and, and what moves Brett Veach has made. Can we, can we just say enough? Can enough be said about Brett Veach? And, and uh, Vahe and I were talking before the um, before we went on the air that, look, there's a reason why Veach is the general manager and, and not the previous general manager who, who won division titles here, um, John Dorsey. There were some cap, you know, some cap management issues with him. And um, and, and he was, you know, and he, you know, he was he was fired. Uh, I remember the day it was uh, like an hour after the Chiefs announced an extension for Andy Reid on a Friday afternoon. They announced that uh, John Dorsey wasn't going to be back. So I don't know what, what, what you know, what, what more can be said about Brett Veach? Is this uh, he, it seems to me that this is executive of the year kind of stuff for him. I've done less with one hundred and seventy seven dollars. I know that. <laughs> you know what's funny? It's like right when that story popped that the Chiefs had $177 of cap space, uh, I had to buy one of our kids' bikes broke and we had to get him a new one and it cost more than $177. It was like the day after that story broke and I was like, God dang. Like, <laughs> so I've got, I've got a tiny bicycle and Brett Veach has a superstar quarterback and a defensive lineman and all kinds of other things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that cannot be top, Sam. No, no. All right. Um, all right, guys. Uh, good conversation. It was um, – uh, Herbie, let me ask you this, as we go out. Is there anything left for the Chiefs? I mean, what's, what's left from a business standpoint for this team to, uh, uh, to look at? Well, I think, you know, before Chris Jones signed, you've got – 15 players now who are going to be unrestricted free agents next year. And there's some pretty big names on there. And but I think the next business move that they have to make is taking care of Melly's guy, Chaveris Ward, who will be a restricted free agent starting next year. And I think he's somebody that you want to lock up for the long term. So if, if I'm Brett Veach, which I'm not, obviously, but if I were him, that's the guy I'd want to take care of next. Yeah, I agree. Uh, absolutely. All right, guys. Everybody's got stories to write, and uh, we, we uh, it was a first today to have all four of you on a podcast. That was terrific. It's usually we're only uh, together on Facebook Lives. Now we know we can do it on a podcast. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, <laughs> how do you guys feel about it? <laughs> Where is this? So, the, just the first time, just the five of us since our uh, since we shacked up together down in uh, Florida. It is since we were sitting by the pool with the iguana. Yeah, this is uh, <laughs> first time we've been together uh, in in audio, anyway. So, oh. okay, guys, thanks for the conversation, and we will talk again soon. All right, Blair. Thanks, Blair. Thanks, everybody. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. 
unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, before we get out today, let's hear some Chris Jones audio. He's one of the most popular players with his teammates and the media because he's honest and quick-witted. You'll hear some of that in these three examples. The first is Jones talking about his career-first interception. It happened against the Eagles in 2017. The second clip you'll hear is how Jones staked a claim to being the team's third-string quarterback. And finally, that clip we mentioned in our conversation about Vikings fans at Arrowhead Stadium, you'll hear Chris Jones, what he had to say about it after the game. However you want to say it, you know, I, I don't, I'm not really as vocal as everyone else is, you know. Um, I'm a quiet guy, you know, I like to stay silent, you know. I'm just playing with y'all, man, you know it. Um, but, you know, I just want to do what I can to help this defense, man. You know, if this blocking a field goal or blocking for the old line, whatever I can do, playing quarterback, tight end, catching interceptions, playing DB, whatever I got to do, man, just to help a team win. Did it, it hurt? It seemed like that, that interception, that ball was in the air for a long time. Oh, no. I, I was headed home. I was headed home. And I'm not talking about to the end zone. I'm talking about the Overland Park. I was headed home. <laughs> I was out of here, man. I had to realize where I was at. I had a snicker moment. Dead fans, man. But um, it was a great feeling, man. It was a great feeling. And um, I was thinking, like, one of these young, I mean, one of these little guys is about to kill me while I'm jumping in the air this home. So that's why I bagged up, because I had to check out the scenery. You know, I done seen Tyree do it too many times. And, you know, I'm a quarterback slash running back, so I had to bag back and dip on him a little bit. And, you know, the offensive lineman called me. He could, you know, didn't give me time to gather myself, but, you know, it was a good interception. I'm the best athlete in here, period. I'm really, I'm really... The third screen quarterback, honestly. <laughs> Alex, you gotta get to Alex. I mean he's a great quarterback. Nick and me and um me and my guy, we're battling for the third screen. I'm telling you, like <laughs> anything happened, y'all know who's going in there, Cam Noon or Tim Tebow, or I'm throwing it in front of the end zone. And I might just run over somebody doing it. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, when does that happen? When do we get the Chris Jones jump pass? It might not happen this year, but hey, you gotta keep it in the back of your mind. Anything can happen, man. Anything can happen. <laughs> Yeah, I just have fun. Um, play relentless. Um, well, I play with passion. Um, I play with a chip on my shoulder, uh, especially coming to Arrowheads and all those Viking fans. Um, another thing, Chiefs Kingdom, we got to stop selling our tickets, especially home games. They're important to this community, to this organization. You can't sell your tickets. Um, the, um, that was my first time this year that I ever seen that we had almost even amount of Viking fans in the stadium as um, Chiefs fans. It just can't happen if you want this team to be successful. Everyone plays a part in being successful, especially the fans. And selling your tickets is not doing us any good. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. A tip of the cap to the whole Chiefs coverage gang, Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian for talking 
Chiefs, the Chris Jones contract, and links to the stories that we discuss can be found in the show notes and always on the Red Zone app. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer. It still stands, and it's still a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There are 34 additional pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That is account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. Whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back Wednesday with a new episode.